chapter 15, verses 1 through 16 of Catina Aria, commentary in the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers, volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Hilary, he raises in haste to perform the sacrament of his final passion in the flesh. Such is his desire to fulfill his father's commandment, and therefore takes occasion to unfold the mystery of his assumption of his flesh whereby he supports us, as the vine doth its branches. I am the true vine. Augustine. He says this as being the head of the church, of which we are the members, the man Christ Jesus, for the vine and the branches are of the same nature. When he says, I am the true vine, he does not really mean a vine, for he is only called so metaphorically, not literally, even as he is called the lamb, the sheep, and the like. But he that distinguishes himself from the vine, to whom it is said, How art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? For how is that a true vine, which when the grapes are expected from it, produces only thorns? Hilary. But he wholly separates his humiliation in the flesh from the form of the paternal majesty by setting forth the father as the diligent husbandman of this vine and my father is the husbandman augustine for we cultivate god and god cultivates us but our culture of god does not make him better our culture is that of adoration not of plowing his culture of us makes us better his culture consists in extirpating all the seeds of wickedness from our hearts in opening our heart to the plough, as it were, of his word, in sowing in us the seeds of his commandments, in waiting for the fruits of piety, Chrysostom, and for as much as Christ was sufficient for himself, but his disciples needed the help of the husbandman. Of the vine he says nothing, but adds concerning the branches, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away. By fruit is meant life, i.e., that no one can be in him without good works. Hilary, the useless and deceitful branches he cuts down for burning. Chrysostom, but inasmuch as even the best of men require the work of the husbandman, he adds, and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He alludes here to the tribulations and trials which were coming upon them the effect of which would be to purge, and so to strengthen them. By pruning the branches, we make the tree shoot out the more. Augustine, and who is there in this world so clean that he cannot be more and more changed? Here, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He cleanseth then the clean, i.e. the fruitful, that the cleaner they be, the more fruitful they may be. Christ is the vine, in that he saith, My father is greater than I, 
but in that he saith i and my father are one he is the husbandman not like those who carry on an external ministry only for he giveth increase within thus he calls himself immediately the cleanser of the branches now ye are clean through the word which i have spoken unto you he performs the part of the husbandman then as well as of the vine but why does he not say ye are clean by reason of the baptism wherewith ye are washed because it is the word in the water which cleanseth take away the word and what is the water but water add the water to the element and you have a sacrament whence hath the water such virtue as that by touching the body it cleanseth the heart and by the power of the word not spoken only but believed for in the word itself the passing sound is one thing the abiding virtue another the word of faith is of such avail in the church of god that by him who believes presents blesses sprinkles the infant it cleanseth that infant though itself is unable to believe chrysostom ye are clean through the word which i have spoken unto you i e ye have been enlightened by my doctrine and have been delivered from jewish error verses four through seven abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can ye except ye abide in me i am the vine ye are the branches he that abideth in me and i in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing if a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you chrysostom having said that they were clean through the word which he had spoken unto them he now teaches them that they must do their part augustine abide in me and i in you not they in him as he in them for both are for the profit not of him but them the branches do not confer any advantage upon the vine but receive their support from it the vine supplies nourishment to the branches none takes from them so that the abiding in christ and the having christ abiding in them are both for the profit of the disciples not of christ according to what follows as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can ye except ye abide in me great display of grace he strengtheneth the hearts of the humble stoppeth the mouth of the proud they who hold that god is not necessary for the doing of good works the subverters not the asserters of free will contradict this truth for he who thinks that he bears fruit of himself is not in the vine he who is not in the vine is not in christ he who is not in christ is not a christian alcune all the fruit of good works proceeds from this root he who hath delivered us by his grace also carries us onward by his help so that we bring forth more fruit wherefore he repeats and explains what he has said i am the vine ye are the branches he that abideth in me by believing obeying persevering and i in him by enlightening assisting giving perseverance the same and none other 
bringeth forth much fruit. Augustine, but lest any should suppose that a branch could bring forth a little fruit of itself, he adds, for without me ye can do nothing. He does not say ye can do little, unless the branch abides in the vine and lives from the root. It can bear no fruit whatever. Christ, though he would not be the vine, except he were man, yet could not give this grace to the branches, except he were God. Chrysostom, the Son then contributes no less than the Father to the help of the disciples. The Father changeth, but the Son keepeth them in him, which is that which makes the branches fruitful. And again, the cleansing is attributed to the Son also, and the abiding in the root to the Father who begat the root. It is a great loss to be able to do nothing, but he goes on to say more than this. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, i.e. shall not benefit by the care of the husbandman, and wherewith, i.e. shall lose all that it desires from the root, all that supports its life, and shall die. Alcune. And men gather them, i.e. the reapers, the angels, and cast them into the fire, everlasting fire, and they are burned. Augustine. For the branches of the vine are as contemptible if they abide not in the vine, as they are glorious if they abide. One of the two the branch must be in, either the vine or the fire. If it is not in the vine, it will be in the fire. Chrysostom. Then he shows what it is to abide in him. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. It is to be shown by their works. Augustine. For then may his words be said to abide in us, when we do what he has commanded, and love what he has promised. But when his words abide in the memory, and are not found in the life, the branch is not accounted to be in the vine because it derives no life from its root. So far as we abide in the Savior, we cannot will anything that is foreign to our salvation. We have one will, in so far as we are in Christ, another in so far as we are in this world. And by reason of our abode in this world, it sometimes happens that we ask for that which is not expedient through ignorance. But never if we abide in Christ will he grant it us who does not grant except what is expedient for us. And here we are directed to the prayer, Our Father. Let us adhere to the words and the meaning of this prayer in our petitions, and whatever we ask will be done for us. Verses 8 through 11. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Chrysostom, our Lord showed above that those who plotted against them should be burned, inasmuch as they abode not in Christ. Now he shows that they themselves would be invincible, bringing forth much fruit. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. As if he said, If it appertains to my Father's glory that ye bring forth fruit, he will not despise his own glory. 
and he that bringeth forth fruit is Christ's disciple, so shall ye be my disciples. Theophylact, the fruit of the apostles are the Gentiles, who through their teaching were converted to the faith, and brought into subjection to the glory of God. Augustine, made bright or glorified, the Greek word may be translated in either way. Doxa signifies glory, not our own glory, we must remember, as if we had it of ourselves. It is of his grace that we have it, and therefore it is not our own, but his glory. For from whom shall we derive our fruitfulness, but from his mercy preventing us? Wherefore he adds, As my Father hath loved me, even so love I you. This, then, is the source of our good works. Our good works proceed from faith which worketh by love. But we could not love unless we were loved first. As my Father hath loved me, even so love I you. This does not prove that our nature is equal to his, as his is to the Father's, but the grace whereby he is the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The Father loves us, but in him. Chrysostom, if then I love you, be of good cheer. If it is in the Father's glory that you bring forth good fruit, bear no evil. Then to rouse them to exertion, he adds, Continue ye in my love, and then shows how this is to be done. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Augustine, who doubts that love precedes the observance of the commandments? For who loves not, has not that whereby to keep the commandments. These words, then, do not declare whence love arises, but how it is shown, that no one might deceive himself into thinking that he loved our Lord, when he did not keep his commandments. Though the words, Continue ye in my love, do not of themselves make it evident which love he means, ours to him or his to us, yet the preceding words do. I love you, he says, and then, immediately after, continue ye in my love. Continue ye in my love, then, is continue in my grace, and, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, is your keeping of my commandments, will be evidence to you that ye abide in my love. It is not that we keep his commandments first, and that then he loves, but that he loves us, and then we keep his commandments. This is that grace, which is revealed to the humble, but hidden from the proud. But what means the next words? Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, i.e. the Father's love, wherewith he loveth the Son, must this grace, wherewith the Father loves the Son, be understood to be like the grace wherewith the Son loveth us? No, for whereas we are sons not by nature but by grace, the only begotten is Son, not by grace, but by nature. We must understand this, then, to refer to the manhood in the Son, even as the words themselves imply. As my Father hath loved me, even so love I you. The grace of a mediator is expressed here, and Christ is mediator between God and man, not as God, but as man. This, then, we may say, that since human nature does not pertain to the nature of God, but does by grace pertain to the person of the Son, grace also pertains to that person. Such grace has nothing superior, nothing equal to it, for no merits on man's part precede the assumption of that nature. Alcune, 
even as I have kept my Father's commandments. The Apostle explains what these commandments were. Christ became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Chrysostom. Then because the Passion was now approaching to interrupt their joy, he adds, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, as if he said, And if sorrow fall upon you, I will take it away, so that ye shall rejoice in the end. Augustine. And what is Christ's joy in us? but that he designs to rejoice in our account. And what is our joy, which he says shall be full, but to have fellowship with him? He had perfect joy on our account, when he rejoiced in foreknowing and predestinating us. But that joy was not in us, because then we did not exist. It began to be in us when he called us, and this joy we rightly call our own, this joy wherewith we shall be blessed, which is begun in the faith of them who are born again, and shall be fulfilled in the reward of them who rise again. Verses 12 through 16. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I shall call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that you have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it you. Theophylact Having said, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, he shows what commandments they are to keep. This is my commandment, that ye love one another. Gregory. But when all our Lord's sacred discourses are full of his commandments, why does he give this special commandment respecting love? If it is not that every commandment teaches love, and all precepts are one, love and love only is the fulfillment of everything that is enjoined, as all the boughs of the tree proceed from one root, so all the virtues are produced from one love. Nor hath the branch, i.e. the good work, any life, except it abide in the root of love. Augustine. Where then love is, what can be wanting? Where it is not, what can profit? But this love is distinguished from men's love to each other as men, by adding, as I have loved you. To what end did Christ love us, but that we should reign with him? Let us therefore so love one another, as that our love be different from that of other men, who do not love one another, to the end that God may be loved, because they do not really love at all. They who love one another for the sake of having God within them, they truly love one another. Gregory, the highest, the only proof of love, is to love our adversary, as did the truth himself, who, while he suffered on the cross, showed his love for his persecutors. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Of which love the consummation is given in the next words. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Our Lord came to die for his enemies, but he says that he is going to lay down his life for his friends. 
to show us that by loving we are able to gain over our enemies so that they who persecute us are by anticipation our friends augustine having said this is my commandment that ye love one another even as i have loved you it follows as john saith in his epistle that as christ lay down his life for us we should lay down our lives for the brethren this the martyrs have done with ardent love and therefore in commemorating them at christ's table we do not pray for them as we do for others but we rather pray that we may follow their steps for they have shown the same love for their brother that has been shown them at the lord's table gregory but whoso in time of tranquillity will not give up his life to god how in persecution will he give up his soul let the virtue of love then that it may be victorious in tribulation be nourished in tranquillity by deeds of mercy augustine from one and the same love we love god and our neighbor but god for his own sake our neighbor for god's so that there being two precepts of love on which hang all the law and the prophets to love god and to love our neighbor scripture often unites them into one precept for if a man love god it follows that he does what god commands and if so that he loves his neighbor god having commanded this wherefore he proceeds ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever i command you gregory a friend is as it were a keeper of the soul he who keeps god's commandments is rightly called his friend augustine great condescension though to keep his lord's commandments is only what a good servant is obligated to do yet if they do so he calls them his friends the good servant is both the servant and the friend but how is this he tells us henceforth i shall call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his lord doeth shall we therefore cease to be servants as soon as ever we are good servants and is not a good and tried servant sometimes entrusted with his master's secrets still remaining a servant we must understand then that there are two kinds of servitude as there are two kinds of fear there is a fear which perfect love casteth out which also hath in it a servitude which will be cast out together with the fear and there is another a pure fear which remaineth for ever it is the former state of servitude which our lord refers to when he says henceforth i call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his lord doeth not the state of that servant to whom it is said well done thou servant enter thou into the joy of thy lord but if him of whom it was said below the servant abideth not in the house for ever but the son abideth for ever for as much then as god hath given us power to become the sons of god so that in a wonderful way we are servants and yet not servants we know that it is the lord who doth this this that servant is ignorant of who knoweth not what his lord doeth and when he doeth any good thing is exalted in his own conceit as if he himself did it and not his lord and boasts of himself not of his lord but i have called you my friends for all things that i have heard of my father i have made known unto you theophylact as if he said the servant knoweth not the counsels of his lord but since i esteem you my friends i have communicated my secrets to you augustine 
But how did he make known to his disciples all things he had heard from the Father, when he forbore, saying many things, because he knew as yet they could not bear them? He made all things known to his disciples, i.e., he knew that he should make known to them, in that fullness of which the apostle saith, Then we shall know even as we are known. For as we look for the death of the flesh and the salvation of the soul, so should we look for that knowledge of all things which the only begotten heard from the Father, Gregory, or all things which he heard from the Father, which he wished to be made known to his servants, the joys of spiritual love, the pleasures of our heavenly country, which he impresses daily on our minds by the inspiration of his love. For while we love the heavenly things we hear, we know them by loving, because love is itself knowledge. He had made all things known to them, then, because, being withdrawn from earthly desires, they burned with the fire of divine love. Chrysostom, all things, i.e., all things that they ought to hear, I have heard, shows that what he had taught was no strange doctrine, but received from the Father. Gregory, but let no one who has attained to this dignity of being called the friend of God attribute this superhuman gift to his own merits. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Augustine, ineffable grace, for what were we before Christ had chosen us, but wicked and lost? We did not believe in him so as to be chosen by him, for had he chosen us believing, he would have chosen us choosing. This passage refutes the vain opinion of those who say that we were chosen before the foundation of the world, because God foreknew that we should be good, not that he himself would make us good. For had he chosen us, because he foreknew that we should be good, he would have foreknown also that we should first choose him, for without choosing him we cannot be good, unless indeed he can be called good who hath not chosen good. What then hath he chosen in them who are not good? Thou canst not say, I am chosen because I believed, for hadst thou believed in him, thou hadst chosen him. Nor canst thou say, Before I believed, I did good works, and therefore was chosen. For what good work is there before faith? What is there for us to say then, but that we were wicked and were chosen, that by the grace of the chosen we might become good? Augustine, they are chosen then before the foundation of the world, according to that predestination by which God foreknew his future acts. They are chosen out of the world by that call whereby God fulfills what he has predestined, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Augustine, observe he does not choose the good, but those whom he hath chosen he makes good. And I have ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. This is the fruit which he meant when he said, Without me ye can do nothing. He himself is the way in which he hath set us to go. Gregory, I have set you, i.e. have planted you by grace, that ye should go by will, to will being to go in mind and bring forth fruit by works. What kind of fruit they should bring forth he then shows. 
and that your fruit may remain for worldly labor hardly produces fruit to last our life and if it does death comes at last and deprives us of it all but the fruit of our spiritual labors endures even after death and begins to be seen at the very time that the results of our carnal labor begin to disappear let us then produce such fruits as may remain and of which death which destroys everything will be the commencement augustine love then is one fruit now existing in desire only not yet in fullness yet even with this desire whatever we ask in the name of the only begotten son the father giveth us that whatsoever ye shall ask the father in my name he may give it you we ask in the saviour's name whatever we ask that will be profitable to our salvation end of chapter fifteen verses one through sixteen